Livingston, and this is the Digital Project Manager Podcast. As project managers, we're in the business of managing teams, but are we managing them well and are we leading them well? And for those of us who are managing teams of project managers, how can we manage our team of project managers to be effective? What can we do to cast vision better? And how can we pragmatically lead our team with strategies that are going to be actually effective for improving delivery? Keep listening to discover how to be a better manager and leader of teams, especially if you're leading other project managers. Today, I'm joined by Carl Sakis. And Carl is known as the Dr. Phil of agency owners and managers. He's an agency consultant, and he works to help agencies make work more fun and more profitable. Carl, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Ben, great to be here. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about leadership and Carl has written a great little book. It's called Made to Lead. Uh, We'll be giving away a copy at the end of the show later. So keep listening to find out how you can win. But it's a book full of whys and some practical tips on how can you can be a better agency leader uh, or if you're managing teams, how can you can be a better team leader uh, and help your team and your firm uh, blossom and improve as a consequence. And so that's relevant to us, whether or not we're thinking about how we manage the people in our own teams, if we're a manager ourselves or managing other project managers, how we manage those guys. And so in the forward, there's a guy called Jay Bear, and he makes this quite valid argument um, that actually agencies are pretty much all the same when it comes to delivery and execution, as though although agencies might try to, you know, pitch themselves as being having proprietary processes and being unique, we're pretty much the same. So really, the only thing that sets us apart from one another is the quality of the people that we have and how we lead them. And the reality is that leading a team is tough. Uh, and when you lead an entire company or a team, um, it's even harder. And good management is really about getting results through other people. Uh, you've got to still work hard yourself. But as a manager, your primary job is leading other people, inspiring other people to get stuff done. And we talk about, you know, our team is going to accomplish far more than we would by ourselves, and they need our guidance to do that. But um, before we dive into the book and Made to Lead uh, and talk about that, I just want to introduce Carl and find out a bit more about what he does. Carl, can you tell us, uh, you obviously written this book about leadership and you help agency owners, but how did you get into this Uh, position where you're able to give people guidance? My belief is that running an agency and being a PM and potentially both, it's never going to be totally easy, but it doesn't have to be so hard. I got into the industry in the mid to late 90s. In high school, I learned HTML. I started building websites and found that I was good at helping people solve business problems. Fast forward to more recently, I served as a PM and head of business operations at two agencies, and ultimately, several years ago, decided I would put all of my experience together around the digital marketing, the advising and consulting, and that experience being the number two employee after the after the owners of the agencies, and put that all together and uh, enjoy helping make life easier for agency owners. Good stuff. So you went from a so your career you started out as a as a web developer, then went to PM, and then kind of climbed up the ranks uh, to a, to be uh, to leading an agency. Is that is that kind of how it went? 
Uh, so my my work was, was as a web designer. This was back in the days of dial-up and Internet Explorer 3. That was part-time while I was in high school and in college. Then serving as a PM for digital work anywhere from a few thousand to several hundred thousand dollars in budget, and then ultimately serving as director of operations for two different digital agencies. Good stuff. So tell us what you actually do now, though. I know you go into an agency and you help agencies get better at what they do. But when you when you go into an agency and you, you're helping an agency out, what is it that – how are you helping? Um, if someone was to, uh, to get you to help them, what's the kind of things that you, you might be able to help with? It's kind of like office space. What do you say you do here? Yeah, what do you do here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, ultimately, the agencies I work with are having growing pains of some sort. So it might be that revenues are up, but profit margins are down. It might be a case that things are slipping through the cracks on delivering things to clients. It may be they're having trouble attracting clients in the first place. Maybe they've been depending on word of mouth, and that's kind of petering out. Uh, and so my job is to analyze the data, make recommendations, and support them in making it happen. Uh, so you know what what any consultant would do, and or as a coach helping people through on a, a on an ongoing basis, is a sounding board. A, a key thing is that I only work with agencies and digital agencies in particular. Cool, sounds good. So. What are the, uh, can you kind of give us some, I mean, you talked about agencies under, undergoing kind of growing pains or realizing that, yeah, income's up, but profit's down. Um, what are the kind of like typical strategies that you use to like turn agencies around them? For someone who's listening and they're thinking, hold on, that's, that sounds a bit like my agency. Uh, what, are the, what, what for you are kind of like the first steps for getting things back on track? Well, the first step is to speak with the owner or owners. You know, they could be one partner or a few partners and sort out where do they want to go. As Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind. So, for instance, knowing if the owner or owners want to sell the agency versus if they want to keep things going on a on a lifestyle business basis, that's important. You know, if you want to sell, you're ultimately building the valuation of the firm. So you can get whatever your target price is and terms when it's time to sell. Uh, on the other hand, if your goal is to keep running it forever, or at least for the foreseeable future, things need to run smoothly, but you may not have quite the pressure to maximize the valuation. So know where you want to go, and then look at look at the symptoms. Uh, so for instance, one common symptom is projects or running late. Uh, we aren't meeting the meeting the deadlines. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the symptom. That's not the root cause. So part of my work is to dig in to figure out what is the root cause. I, I had one case where I, I do most of the work remotely, but I had one case where I did an on-site with the client, and he had said, "Well, I'm trying to figure out why is the team always getting things done late." Mm. Uh, and I did a sit down with his management team uh, without him in the room. And it turned <laughs> out the cause of the problem was the CEO. <laughs> he, he was a great salesperson. He would way over promise things and inevitably his team would have trouble getting it done. Uh, he also would do uh, what his team described as desk side briefings. So yeah. he would close a deal. He would, you know, walk across the room. I mean, the, you know, they had groans through a few, a few rooms and he would grab someone and say, okay, here's, here's the new deal. Here's what we're going to do. 
and you know the person had no time to prepare they were probably in the middle of something else they weren't always the right person to lead the project sometimes their job was to take what he said in the you know interrupting them and then the game of telephone to relay it to someone else that's not the ideal way of doing it yeah. uh, so you know there can be all kinds of of problems behind the symptom of things running late, you have to figure out what is the root cause. Mm. Uh, in his case, I talked through about no more desk side briefings. Uh, he also had a tendency to come out of his office sort of waving his hands saying, <laughs> I'm not saying it's an emergency, but it's an emergency. <laughs> and, and sometimes when the, te- the team was sharing, sometimes when he would say it's an emergency, you know, they'd panic and they drop everything and, and do it. But uh, they mentioned one time he said, the client has got to get this information. We've got to get to them right now. So Wednesday morning, he's like, you got to get to them by the end of the day. This is really important. So, you know, they they are working all day to get things done, to get things turned around. And right before five o'clock at the client's time zone, they get things in. And, you know, a few seconds later, they get an autoresponder from the client. The client, it turns out, is on vacation until the following week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a bit of the, the boy who cried wolf there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that, that I'm doing is providing an outside perspective. I'm not there every day, all day long. And so I can ask questions that people may not feel comfortable asking their coworkers or asking their boss or or asking their, their their team. And people share. And my job, of course, is to filter through things. You know, is this a broad problem or is this more like one person doesn't like someone else and it's and it's about that? I mean that that's still a challenge. Uh, but ultimately it's kind of like being a, a doctor diagnosing things. You take the symptoms people describe, you take the history. And you're ultimately trying to diagnose a solution to the underlying problem. Yeah. And, and oftentimes people are doing fairly well. And it's how do you go from, you know, as they said, good to great. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued as you must like go into lots of different agencies. You, you see uh, the kind of function and dysfunction of many teams. But um, I know one of the things that um, our listeners are always interested in uh, um, any tools in particular that you found to be really helpful um, when you're going, because it sounds like, yeah, often going into agencies when they're at some kind of crossroads, um, uh, is the introduction of kind of process and tools part of, of what you do? And are there any kind of tools that you found recently that you're like, oh, this is, this is great. This is, this is a game changer. I mean, process is important. You know, certainly you don't want to reinvent the wheel if you don't have to. One of the things I'll do frequently is a culture survey. So this is an anonymous survey of all of the non-executive employees asking about what's working, what's not working, how is the management team doing, how do they feel about the agency's future versus their own future at the agency. And I'll customize that as well, depending on their particulars. But after, you know, if you're running an agency, you want to know how things are going with your team it doesn't really make sense to bring me in to do a culture survey, you know, every month, every quarter. And so the solution there is to use employee engagement software to provide some degree of, of consistency and automation or semi-automation to get that done. Uh, two that are particularly popular, one is know your company, which 
ultimately is is helping people as they as the agency grows, helping the leadership team stay on top of what's going on. So know your company is is one that's yeah. a spinoff from Thirty Seven Signals now Basecamp, and yeah. another is Fifteen Five. And the idea there is that people are spending fifteen minutes answering five questions each week, and you can also go beyond that to add additional accountability to it. Uh, you know, you ultimately define what works for you. If you use some sort of a SaaS program for your HR management, you may have employee engagement software built into that. Cool. Sounds like some good tips there. So let's talk about um, your your book, Made to Lead. Um, I had a quick read through, and it, it's a, it's a great book. You can kind of read it in about half an hour, um, and it and it covers four different actually that's five different sections um but uh it talks about kind of some really kind of practical tips around attitude and acceptance coaching and development the way we run meetings and communicate and motivation and accountability and then and then there's the final bits just thinking about applying that at your own agency but um thinking thinking in terms of motivation and accountability which which you just mentioned um I'm interested to to know uh, like how what you what your kind of recommendations are in terms of um, holding yourself accountable uh, and how we can do that to uh, as we lead teams of project managers. How do you you know how do we track our own progress and our team's progress? What are the kind of tools or dashboards that you that you use to to kind of tr- to be accountable? When it comes to accountability, we all need someone holding us accountable. You know, so I, I coach clients, but I have my own coach because you can't coach yourself. You don't have that outside perspective on yourself. So some of the accountability piece is, uh, you know, if you're one of the owners, maybe it's your business partner, or maybe it's your head of operations or one of your PMs. The idea that someone is checking in with you once a week on your ongoing goals and maybe uh, you know maybe quarterly on some of the bigger ones that's separate from software it's more about the fact that you're going to sit down and talk through where things are. One of the tools that I use is something I've developed called an advanced retrospective and that's where you write about the future as if it's already happened. So, for instance, um, you know, say you're, you know, you're heading into 2018, you would say today is December 31st, 2018. It's a great day because and then you fill in the blank. You go from there. And you could write that for any period of time. Usually in December, people will be writing them for the next year. But sometimes clients will be writing it five years out. Sometimes they'll be writing it as of a milestone birthday for them. Maybe they're turning 40, 45, 50 years old, what have you. Uh, and in, in an extreme case, uh, one of my clients is writing one as of 20 years from now. And, and the idea there ultimately with Begin With The End In Mind is you can work backwards. If you know where mm-hmm. you want to go, you can figure out how to get there. And importantly, you know, talked about casting vision earlier, you can enlist others to help you reach your goal. Yeah. And that fits in, yeah. certainly fits into accountability at, at, as long as, as well as strategy. Yeah. I think that's helpful. And in terms of, um, you know, you talked about you, you have your own coach and um, you, you talked about the importance of the yeah, staying accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious as to kind of what format 
do think um, that should take? Um, like particularly thinking of, um, you know, some of our listeners who they're managing a team of PMs and, uh, you know, they're, they're checking in with their PMs maybe every week, maybe every two weeks. Um, but how do you, what do you find useful when you're kind of coaching or mentoring um, teams and thinking about particularly how we help prepare them for leadership themselves? What are the kind of things that you find useful when you're, when you're doing coaching and mentoring with them? Keep in mind that the higher up you go within your organization, the more your coaching is going to focus on people and systems rather than specific tasks. So if you've got one direct report and they're a subject matter expert, if you're coaching them, you're coaching them about getting their job done more smoothly. You know, if they're a yeah. designer, it's, you know, how do they get design done effectively and and, and that sort of thing. As you move up, maybe you're at the point where where you are managing a team of people who are managing others. In that case, most of your coaching conversations are going to focus on their leadership skills, their management skills. So it, it to some extent, it's less important about exactly what one of the designers on their team is doing. It's more about how are they helping their designer improve? How are they helping them get through obstacles? Right. Cool. And so you uh, you talk about one of the things in, in, in the book, Made to Lead, you talk about having warmth and competence in your management style. Do you want to, can you unpack that a bit and explain for those that haven't read the book yet what, what you mean by that? Warmth and Competence is a concept from the book The Human Brand, which is a book by Chris Malone, a former Fortune 500 CMO, and Susan Fisk, who's a psychology professor at Princeton. And the idea of warmth and competence is that anytime you interact with a company or another person, you are thinking about it in terms of warmth and competence. So competence is, are they getting the job done? People could have high competence, they could have low competence. It's ultimately about, are they effective at doing the job they were hired to do or what you right. brought the company in to do. And most agencies focus on maximizing competence, but that's really just the cost of entry. Warmth is where you can find ways to stand out as a manager or as an agency. Warmth is looking for ways to show your clients or show your employees you care about them beyond just the money, beyond just the transactional boss employee or agency client relationship cool and um and so in terms of the um the kind of practically working that out then in the in the day to day um how do you how do you apply that warmth then within your so you're you're managing a team of of pms what are some what are some of like the practical ways that you see you can you applying warmth to that like within that kind of mentoring coaching um environment because are are they are they sometimes at odds with one another they can be i mean if you're focused on results 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 there may not be as much time or space for for the warmth side but you know, I mean, part of the reason I wrote Made to Lead was that I saw that agency owners struggle with managing people 
because it's, it's a tough job. Most people yeah. don't start an agency with any kind of management training, or maybe the management training was from a terrible boss who inadvertently trained them on what not to do kind of kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and so the, the idea there is, you know, you don't have to be a great manager to start an agency or to start leading a team of PMs, but you better become one or else everyone is going to quit. And yeah, definitely. looking at warmth on a day-to-day basis, managing your team, one is just getting to know people as people, not just, you know, an asset that you expect to be billing 80% a week kind of kind of thing. Uh, so some of that's, you know, small talk, asking how their weekend was. Uh, you know, if you know that they have a particular focus outside of work right now, ask how that's going. Um, you know, for instance, as a, as a shortcut on is your team probably feeling feeling warmth from you? I, I would ask, uh, you know, if they're married or in a relationship, do you know the name of their spouse or their partner? If you don't, yeah. they probably don't think you know them very well. Uh, yeah. Do you know their pets' names? Do you know their kids' names? You know, and and if you're not great at memorizing all of that, I mean, it's like you can write it down. You you don't have to memorize all of that. Uh, but you know, th- those are those are some examples of if you know that, it probably means you're focused on the right things when it comes to warmth. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things I think you wrote in the book as well is, yeah, knowing people's birthdays, um, knowing their T-shirt sizes, um, just yeah, knowing knowing people um, so that you can be a bit more, uh, which allows you to be a bit more spontaneous sometimes in the way yeah. that you reward them. And the, the T-shirt size piece is if you've got, say, team T-shirts and you want to surprise people with something, uh, you know, it. It's more of a surprise if suddenly you, you know, you order and this comes back from the screen printer rather than, oh, by the way, uh, everybody fill this out by, you know, by 5 p.m. with your T-shirt size. Uh, I'm not going to tell you why, but I need you to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, did, I did a version of that with a volunteer team uh, involved with a marketing trade association, eventually as president of the group. But before that, I was our conference director. So this six-figure conference, almost 500 guests. And I sent a survey around, around things like, for instance, what's your favorite type of candy? What's your favorite adult beverage? What's what's your t-shirt size? So when it came time to, for instance, do team t-shirts, we had that, that was ready to go. Uh, when, it was, when it came time to do team meetings and it was, you know, we were able to have beer at the meeting, uh, or, or other other beverages, I was able to have what people liked. It's a small thing, yet it makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. That's warmth. I think that's really helpful. Now, and finally, one of the things that you uh, talk about that I think is, is a really sound piece of advice um, is always be recruiting. Yes. And, um, and I think, yeah, I've, I've learned this myself. Like the reality is that, uh, there's going to be attrition on your team, name, even if you are a good leader or particularly if you're not a good leader. But, yes. um, there's always going to be attrition on your team. People are going to leave and you're not always going to be able to offer them the opportunities that they want or they're looking for. Um, so I'm interested in, from your perspective, who's been in the business for a long time, what are kind of your tips for hiring good project managers? In, your, uh, in the book, you talk about avoiding wet twine and finding the new rope, but... Uh, Hey, yeah. What what are the things you'd look for in a in a new in a in a good PM? Ultimately, the PM's job is to get results through other people, 
you know, they are coordinating, they're getting effective outputs from the team they're, they're managing, and they're also keeping the clients happy in a profitable way. So it's a lot of pressure. You need to be good at working with people. You also need to be good at managing budget and identifying when you need to push back. And so ultimately, a PM, a good PM, is good at juggling that, finding the right balance, rather than being too extreme in one way or the other. I mean, a great way to keep a client happy is to give them lots of free work, but yeah. that's going to hurt the budget. On the other yeah. hand, you could also be really you know, hard line about, that's not included, we're not going to do that. Well, and that's just going to make clients unhappy. You need to find the right balance. Uh, for instance, free work is okay if it is strategically free. That is, you know, maybe you're like, oh, you know, you're you're a valued client. Normally, a rush fee would apply to this work, but we happen to have some additional capacity this week. We're not going to charge the rush fee. The key thing is you frame it as, you know, this was a, a, an opportunity, a one-time kind of thing. It's not going to happen every time. People people can feel special. Uh, but in, in terms of hiring, you know, a lot of it comes down to their experience as a PM at other agencies or at, at, at other teams. Uh, you know, you, you ideally want a lot of experience. You can't always afford it. And, and so some of it comes down to asking some questions, certainly about how they work with the team. You know, tell me about a time when the behavioral type interviewing questions. But yeah. you can also, you can also ask about things around, uh, you know, specific examples that are, are indicators of experience. For instance, uh, if you're doing web development, at some point, they've launched a site and they forgot to embed the Google Analytics code. <laughs> yeah. You can say, you know, tell me about a time when you forgot to, well, it might be, a, ha, has that happened? You know, and, yeah. and at one point I was, uh, it was helping one of my clients hire a PM at their agency. And one of the questions was around, you know, to tell about a time where you had conflict with the team you're overseeing. And the candidate said, oh, that's never happened. Uh, yeah, okay, you apparently have not been a PM for long. <laughs> and, and in that case, they, yeah. they had been, but I think they, they were just lying. And and the point is not that as a PM, you've never had conflict. It's how do you resolve it? Because it's going to mm. happen. It's about how you handle it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that I think that's one of actually telling the real stories of project management is something that that we're trying to do more of on the digital project management because the yeah the truth is there's plenty of best practice out there, uh, but the reality is we all make mistakes and it's how we respond to those mistakes uh, that make us better <laughs> and uh, and that's how we improve as as we learn from that. I mean, but, our uh, industry is always changing. We're not going to know everything, we, but we can we can always get better. Yeah, for sure. Um, so other than uh, reading the book, and we'll just come back to that in a second when we do the giveaway, but what would you say is the, the one takeaway for listeners who are thinking, okay, I want to be a better manager. I want to be a better leader. Uh, for you, where does where does that start? I mean, you've you've talked about, okay, looking at, um, thinking about, okay, well, where do you want to, uh, you know, looking at the end goal in mind um, and kind of working back from there. But what what are the other kind of steps that people can take to being a better manager and a better leader? There are things that are going to come up in your work as a PM or as a manager in general 
You know, you're going to have a client who is unhappy at some point. You're going to have a team member or an employee who isn't pulling their weight and getting things done. You, at some point, are going to have a project that gets behind schedule or is going to go over budget. You're going to have an employee quit at some point. And the thing is, although you don't know exactly when all of these are going to happen, and there's certainly things you can do to to reduce the likelihood of their happening, the timing may be somewhat random, but the fact that it's happening at some point is not random. And the <laughs> yeah. more you can do to prepare, the easier it is in the moment. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, my, my phrase for that, and I, I think this is really a theme to all of my work as I'm helping agencies make things more fun and more profitable, is this. If you plan for the expected, you'll have time to improvise the unexpected. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that's helpful. And I think especially, yeah, thinking about those kind of scenarios that you, that you talked about. I mean, there's some other ones that you talk about in the book as well. Um, like firing people, for example, <laughs> and, um, uh, which is like, it's, it's something that will happen and, uh, and something that you need to be prepared for. But yeah, having, having thought it through, uh, properly beforehand um rather than yeah just being finding yourself being reactive i think is i think is really important so we're going to give away a copy of carl's book a signed copy of carl's book uh to anywhere in the world um so if you have enjoyed uh, the discussion today why not comment on the post um below and uh, if you're listening to this on your phone, head over to the Digital Project Manager and click on the podcast section and you'll find uh, the transcript of the article there. So just leave a comment and we will choose a random winner uh, and Carl will send a copy of the book to you. So, Carl, thank you for uh, sharing that with the community here. Absolutely. And it's been so great having you with us. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, And if you'd like to contribute to the conversation, if you'd like to uh, share your thoughts on leadership and management, head over to the community section of the Digital Project Manager uh, to join our Slack team where you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations going on there. But until next time, thanks for listening. 